This week on the podcast, I was in court for almost two weeks defending my innocence for this very podcast. Spoiler alert, I fucking won. Enjoy the show. This is the Art of Wrestling with professional wrestler Colt Cabana. Alright, hmm, how you guys doing? Me? I'm doing great, thanks for asking. I want you to come on in, sit down, relax. You're about to listen to The Art of Wrestling. It's a professional wrestling podcast. It's a life podcast, it's a personal journal, it's an entryway into the minds, the lives, the souls, and the hearts of the people involved in the world of professional wrestling. I'm your host, my name is Colt Cabana. I am a non-defamer. Not only did I not defame, I have no fame. I'm an emotional being. Uh, Listen, there's a lot of adjectives today. Most importantly, I'm a professional wrestler, and I'm sitting here live in my studio. Apartment in Chicago, Illinois. Uh, Before we go any further, this is fan support and listener-supported podcast, supported by people just like you. We give it to you free of charge every single Thursday, coltcabana.com, iTunes, SoundCloud, wherever you get your podcast from. A couple great ways that you can support. Rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. Jericho K93, you gave me five stars in review this week. I want you to email me, and I will send you out that Japanese autograph. Other ways you can support, tweet, Facebook, Instagram. Best way that you could support, though, and uh, I'll need it. Coltmerch.com, digitalcult.com, T-shirts, buttons, pictures, posters, DVDs. I got a children's book, figures, wrestling road diaries, documentaries, pop sockets, little pop sockets. It's all available. Coltmerch.com, digitalcult.com. That was one of the, uh, the jabs at the end that the uh, doctor's lawyer took at me. Something along the lines of like, what are you gonna, you gonna got a Colt merch and buy a t-shirt? I don't know why he did it, but he did it. But I take pride in that. That's just me trying to make a living. We all can't be high paid doctors paid by a giant corporation. Some of us have to go to little shitty town to little shitty town and love our job. So uh, shout out to you, lawyer, for making fun of ColtMerch.com, but that's how we make a living these days. I didn't know what I was going to do for the podcast this week. You'll hear from the first clip, I wasn't even sure if I was going to use these clips. Uh, Originally, I was in New York last week, and I was just going to ask all the different wrestlers if they've ever been involved in any kind of court case or anything, and nobody wanted to talk about that. Also, I just wasn't in the mood to even talk to anybody. I I was in a bad, bad place. Uh, I still went to New York for Ring of Honor. I still did my job. I still did a YouTube show with the Nobodies, which will be available soon, and the Nobodies are Ariel and Berica, two drag queens from Brooklyn. And if ever I needed my spirits pumped up, they were amazing at it. So uh, I'll forever be grateful for them for just being fun and lovely people in a time where I I desperately needed it. So this is what this podcast is going to be this week. Uh, Every single day after the trial, I kind of made notes to myself. And I, I want you guys to be able to go through my life of going through a trial. And my my... Here's how I think you're going to be able to get through this. I mean, I'm not like peppy when I'm talking about it. I'm not happy. So I just want you at home who've listened to me for eight years on this podcast to really be able to walk through my shoes through this whole process. And a lot of my voice is kind of saunter or sad or frustrated, but it's a real life capture of where I was as this was all going down. I'm going to be talking a lot more about everything in the future, but uh, this is this was the whole week. This is where we were. This is starting from day one, which was selecting a jury. 
Um, I don't know necessarily know if I'm going to use this, but I thought it would be smart to document uh, what's going on with this trial, what's going on with my life throughout this process. Of course, the first thing we were told is not to blog or vlog or podcast about anything within this court and put it up during the uh, proceedings. So obviously... Um, I'm just holding on to these until maybe something happens, but I thought I would kind of document my days uh, about this process, especially from a person who's never been involved in anything like this. So today is May the 24th, um, and we chose, it's a Thursday, and we chose uh, the jury today. And so it was myself and Punk, two different lawyer teams against Eamon and his lawyer team, we were looked at as like the same side. So they were like allowed four jurors and we were allowed four jurors or six and six kind of broke down like that. It wasn't four, four and four. Um, I had never been a part of this. I, I didn't know anything about it. I didn't understand how it, it worked. I, I think I have a, a bit of a new respect for, it's hard to say for lawyers. I definitely have a respect for the judge. She was definitely in command and in control, but also seemed like a decent human being. And um, to see lawyers do what they have to do, like, at the end of the day, so far, the only people that have made any money from this and that have, you know, gained anything, and I think everybody knows about that, at least in the American legal system or whatever, is that these lawyers are the ones getting rich. But, you know, they know what they're doing, and they have to, this is an amazing game of human chess. Um, There's a couple people who knew, when, when, when figuring out the jury... There was like 25 people, and then you kind of like just chop people down and chop people down. There was one girl who was like, do you know who any of these people are? And she's like, eee, CM Punk. So obviously she got chopped right away. What I learned from this is I figured I could, if I went into jury duty and I wanted to get out, I could figure out how to get out through this experience. And there's a couple guys who said, I would side with a doctor because there's a lot of doctors in my family. And there's one guy who said, listen, I, I love wrestlers. They helped me out in the war. Like, they came over and did tribute for the troops. I really, you know, this wouldn't be an even race. I would definitely love the wrestlers. And so then right away, he's out of there. There's the the girl who loved Punk. There's a couple people who knew who Punk was. So Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram was like a thing that came up because I guess what's going to happen in the trial. And for the most part, everybody's on Facebook. Nobody's on Twitter. So if you're a, if you're a gambling man in the stock market, that's the trend that I saw. Also, speaking of trends, not one... Okay, there was two people who, who, when asked if they listened to podcasts, and they said the Joe Rogan podcast. Other than that, nobody listens to podcasts. It's like not even a thing. And this is a medium that we've been fighting for for so long to become a thing. (laughs) And then when you look at the grand scheme of like the grand scheme of people in general, and that's what I thought it was, just 24 random... Uh, no, 12, 12, and 12, 36, I'm sorry, it was about 36 people, if not more, uh, you know, a sprinkle of the Chicago random person, and nobody knew what podcasts were, so we picked a jury, they all seemed like normal, real people, and I think that's gonna be the important part in this case, is that it's just like, just like my podcasts, like, I'm telling the story of who we are, and what's going on, and especially for me, like, I've, you know, I've never pretended to be some giant superstar, I hope I'm sympathetic to the jury who kind of sees this as like big doctor and big corporate wrestling, WWE, kind of coming at a little guy like me. Um, that's kind of how I see it, and I, I don't see why they wouldn't see it like that. We went from 9 to 4 today. It was a long day. 
trial starts next Tuesday, and they said it would go to June 8th or June 7th. That's eight days of 9 a.m. to 4 or 5 p.m., which is pretty long and crazy. Um, and that's something I'm not looking forward to. And also, remember, I'm paying this lawyer by the hour. So I just all I think about is adding up these hours and hours and hours. That's all I think about. Especially because I believe, like, I, I'm... I believe my innocence so much, like I'm not even worried about the outcome, to be honest. And like, even if the outcome is a lot, like what the worst case scenario that could happen to me is I have to, they'll be like, hey, you're responsible for this guy's financial reputation or whatever. So you have to pay him. Like in my head, there's no way like the amount I have to pay him is going to be more than what I've been paying this lawyer. So I'm not worried about if I have to pay at the end because I can't see it being that much because What's happened to him? Oh, he's still a WWE doctor and can still do whatever he wants to do. Like, that's how I see it. But all that's happening is eight days, you know, hours and hours of work just piling up of these lawyer bills. That's the frustrating thing. Uh, and this is just day one of it. And so it all starts Tuesday. And right now I'm not a wreck or a mess. I don't, I don't feel like I'm going to be. I just want it to be over so bad. And we're... I mean, we're so far away, but we're so close to all of this just fucking being over. Also, I thought it was going to be a huge courtroom. It's not. It's just a small little room with some benches, and I had to buy a suit, and I'm going to have to wear the same suit for eight straight days. We'll see if everyone looks at me and my choice of suit the way I'll be looking at everybody else and seeing if they also wear the same suit every single day. Who knows? So that was Thursday, May 24th. And then we had this long, long break for Memorial Day. The judge didn't want to have any court on that Friday, which is the 25th. We took off the 26th, the 27th, and the 28th. So Tuesday, May 29th, I head into court for the very first day of this trial. Today was the first day of the trial, 9 a.m. call time. And uh, this is the trial, right? So before we go into anything, my lawyer brings something up to the judge. There's two cases against me. One is defamation, and I may be way off on this, but this is to my understanding. One is defamation, and the other is for publishing, so negligence for publishing the podcast. And they're saying that I defamed this guy in the podcast. Um, my words were defamatory against him, and so my lawyer's like, get out of here. Like He didn't say anything. He literally didn't, and I didn't. And I stand by that. Well, he brought it up Thursday during the jury. The, the, the judge is like, all right, I'll, we'll decide before the case uh, on Tuesday, right before we kind of bring everyone in. And so she's like up there and they're saying, hey, my lawyer's saying, hey, this is why this should be thrown out. Their lawyer's saying, hey, this is why it should stay in. And she's about to make this judgment. My heart just starts racing, like pounding. My heart is pounding. Adrenaline is going through because you could tell she's about to make a decision. I'm going to drop one of these cases, and I know it's important because I there's such a difference between two cases and one cases. My heart is racing; it is fucking racing, and I'm going like, you know, I try to stop it, but I, there's nothing I can do. These are my true emotions, just racing. And she goes, "Yeah, this is this is." And the example they were using was Keith Van Horn versus Mancow, which I got a chuckle out of. I don't know. Maybe they talked bad about each other, saying that that this was the same example because you use court cases from the past to help ruling on the present, I guess, from what I believe. 
And the judge was like, no, this is different. And he wasn't defamatory. We're throwing it out. So that got thrown out. I was not defamatory. I did not defame him in any way. Just thinking about that, whew, that's a, whew, a big relief for me. So now there's only one thing, and um, this is going to happen. I What I've been told is I we have to prove that I had no reason to believe Punk was lying. And that's the God honest truth, and that, that'll come out. So I'm pretty confident. The lawyers did the opening arguments. The, the, the plaintiff's lawyer did about 50 minutes. Punk's lawyer did about... 35 mine did about seven he was just like hey this is it you're gonna see he's not lying and we're gonna get him out of here and uh you can't hate on that because he already got me thrown out of one thing the guy knows what he's doing right so i can't hate on that he's got his ways and he's doing his ways and uh, then we sat through it okay we also sat through the whole podcast there was a jury of 12 people there was uh, a courtroom a stenographer a, a bailiff uh, a judge just listening to this podcast, and boy, did Punk swear in this thing. He said, I swore a lot too, but I, he, I mean, there was so much F words, and uh, it was very bizarre, very surreal to just sit here and these people listen to it. My lawyer said it was the most boring thing he's ever heard in his life, which is kind of interesting because, you know, the wrestling world was a gasp. I don't know if that's the right word, but, you know, at this whole podcast, my lawyer's like, if you don't like wrestling, this thing sucks. And he's like, I don't like wrestling. So he's like, I don't know if this jury is going to like care about this thing, but you know, it is what it is. They had to listen to it. They listened to the upcoming events. They listened to the sponsors, which was the WWE video game, which I guess is still kind of funny. And, um, and then we did a little, uh, the plaintiff brought up the, the plaintiff to, to talk to him about it. And he was, you know, he was sad that, uh, this all happened on Thanksgiving. That was kind of their main point. It's, uh, you know, right now it's, there's a lot, I guess for him, but we haven't done anything. So it's, I'm interested to see how this all plays out. I still think it's fascinating. These lawyers and their jobs and they get paid so much money, but it is like a competitive game. It's, you know, there's good, it's like wrestling. There's going to be a winner and there's going to be a loser. Well, uh, the people paying the lawyers, they're all the losers, let's be honest. But someone's going to win and someone's going to lose. And nobody wants to lose. That's that's what the life of a lawyer is. They don't want to lose. They want to win. Uh, so this is just day one. Day two, tomorrow. So I know I'm referring to them as day two and day three. It's day three in court, but I guess technically the next day, which is Wednesday the 30th, would be day two, but the third day in court. Day three of the trial that just ended. I'm kind of a wreck. Um, and the amusing, the, one of the most amusing things, not the most amusing things, but I started doing improv comedy in 2009 in Chicago because Ed Ferrara, who I met at my Impact tryout in 2009, and I said, hey, how do I get into Chicago comedy? He put me with this guy named Nick Houseman, and Nick and I did some comedy, and he helped me kind of get into the scene, and then we kind of had a bit of a falling out. Well, he now works for WrestleZone, so Nick Houseman shows up to the fucking uh, to the court today, and he's it's such a weird world, but he's taking notes on the on the court, and you know I, I think secretly that's what I I think I wanted. Every I, you know I guess I want everyone. I'm not embarrassed of what's happening. I'm not ashamed of what I did. You know I believe I did nothing wrong. It's I think it's to my advantage to have this out because I I can't see it. Not looking anything but sympathetic towards me. Um, I was in bad shape last night, real bad shape. Just I, I felt 
sweaty, a headache. I felt like a fever and I woke up bad and I woke up with a fever, a fever symptoms and a headache. And I talked to my lawyer and he was like, yeah. Cause so he said, he said, I didn't think you were going to have the reaction you did yesterday when that part of it was dropped. He's like, I didn't realize that you understood how important that was. And so then he was just like, what's happening is your body is having some kind of reaction to all this is very stressful. And so like your body is trying to fight something. There's a lot of, go- and well, that's what it is. There's a lot going on in my body right now. That's like anxiety and stress and just like feelings that it's never felt before. Really, because right for the most part, I just kind of cruise through life. I wrestle, I have fun, I podcast, and there's like no pressure, no stress. And it's been a great life for the past almost 10 years, you know, post-WWE and everything. And so this is like a crazy element. And, you know, maybe it just it wasn't a reality. It wasn't a reality until I'm in the courtroom and we're like deciding our fate. And so the reality is that after this, I mean, it's so close that like the jury can be like, you owe a million dollars to this doctor and that's really sinking in i think now i think our case looks good again i don't think i did anything wrong but you never know i mean it's not up to me it's up to a a jury of my peers (laughs) i hope they're my friends so today it was just the doctor on the witness stand just going over everything going over everything he admitted to it, it came out in evidence that he would give punk z-packs and not write them down and they weren't on the records so that was kind of a big deal um and then the big thing the big thing was my lawyer said hey how come you didn't call colton say hey this isn't true and he said hipaa hipaa laws i can't i can't talk about anybody else's and then punk's lawyers like had a boner they were going crazy and eventually we got to a re-re-cross examination or whatever that means and his lawyers were like Oh, HIPAA, HIPAA, right? You told this jury HIPAA. He's like, yes, I can't talk about anybody else's medical stuff. And then there shows a big group chat with Chris Jericho, Dolph Ziggler, and then also individually he's talking to these guys, some of these guys, about Punk's medical stuff. So I think that was a big win. My lawyer goes slam dunk. My lawyer is like a real Chicago guy. And I, I, you know, I noticed that Nick Houseman wrote in, he goes, Cabana's lawyer is very upfront and to the point, and he is. He's he's seventy years old, and he don't take no shit. He is Chicago, true and true. Hey, this is this, this is that. Yes, no. Did you? Did you not? The other lawyers, they're kind of like nice, and they're trying to be nice. I think to like, you know, you don't want to piss off the jury and be an asshole. But my lawyer is kind of an asshole, and I think it's the charm. I think that kind of charm. Also, this jury does not want to be there. Nobody wants to be there. I'm fucking bored, right? So my lawyer is trying to do this as quick as possible, and I think that they can appreciate it. Uh, One thing I did appreciate today was watching the way lawyers work. So when that HIPAA thing came up, to watch the excitement, to me, I I can only assume it's like when I, I don't know, pop a crowd or something, or when I, you know, maybe I do a callback at the end of a match, or I have a realization, and I'm like, oh my God, I I can get to that in a couple minutes, and the place will go crazy. And their emotions were so excited to pull that out, and I guess that's what the job is for them. Leaving, I had the biggest headache. I still feel kind of gross. I did pop some Tylenol. I feel a little better right now, and got some sugar in me. I think that was a key, too. And uh, apparently, I'm going to be on the, uh, the witness box tomorrow. Here's the thing. I mean, I can only tell what I know, 
But these lawyers, they know how to get the answer they want to get. And I'm just like afraid that I'm going to fucking say something stupid and fuck it up. I can only say what I know and I can only tell my side of the story. But the lawyers, these lawyers are good. Lawyers know what they're doing. I, you know, it is kind of good that they have one lawyer and we have, you know, Punk's lawyer and my lawyer, which are on the same side. So that's to our benefit. But still, I mean, he's going to say stuff and he's going to wind me into saying something that I didn't mean to say. I don't know. And that's my fear. So the next audio clip is me talking after I was in court Thursday, May 31st. Enjoy. A lot of videos today. So people or witnesses in videos. Who were the people that I knew? Kane. He was the big one. Uh, there was a trainer. His name was Larry Heck. You know, I think I knew him as Larry when he was in the WWE. Not very well, but I definitely knew him. Mark Carano. He, looked, he was kind of goofy. I, I haven't watched Total Divas, so I, I didn't realize that he's it's changed. It's been 10 years since I've seen him, so I probably look different to him also. And uh, that was it. Also, I went up on the stand and it went from my heart racing to not racing to racing again. It was a pretty emotional roller coaster. I'll tell you this, though. This jury could give a fuck. I mean, there's well, first of all, there was there was a, a video from one of the doctors in Tampa or the physician assistant or whatever. It was an hour and a half long. I mean, I was falling asleep. Imagine, I, I mean, I'm involved in this. I could potentially give a million dollars to this person, and I could barely stay up. Imagine if you're a juror. So, I don't know. If I was ever to be on trial again, I would never have a witness just be on tape because at the end of the day, you know, it's all up to the jury, and I, this jury couldn't have given a fuck, at least about these videos. So, I was, uh, Eamon called me up as their witness, because he wanted to hammer me about the number of downloads and streams and listens. And so tomorrow I'm being called up as Punk's witness. And I'm sure, I guess I did okay today, but I'm sure, I don't know. Ooh, I'm getting nervous just thinking about it. Jesus, look what you're doing to me. Uh, my sickness went away a little bit, but I've been popping Tylenols and taking some medicine like crazy. So uh, it's weird. I'm getting, I guess, like comfortable and used to to this trial or to the idea of being in court. I have the same suit. I bought, by the way, I bought a suit. I forgot if I said that. I bought a suit the day before jury selection. I have one suit and I bought two shirts and one, two ties. And I had a couple shirts from, I think, sponsors of my podcast over the years. So I am running out of combinations. And uh, I hope everyone, I guess, at the trial doesn't judge me. It was kind of a non-eventful uh, day. I do find it funny that, uh, well, Nick Hausman wasn't there today, but that WrestleZone is in there and covering it. And I, under, I it's I, you can tell from the feedback, a lot of people are, are interested in this case, and as they should be. And um, I'm interested as a podcaster, you know, what the future is for me, and, and if there's any lessons about podcasting that come from this. I don't know what. I guess we'll see what the decision is, because that's kind of what my shit is based on, is the is publishing. So, I could be a million dollars down. They said next Tuesday they think this thing's going to wrap up. So, I go up tomorrow, and then Punk tomorrow probably, and, and Monday, and then Tuesday maybe AJ. And then it's a wrap, maybe. Let's hope. 
so the next day I'm in court is Friday, June the 1st. And uh, I was really sad because I had to cancel a show. And so I felt really bad at Compound Wrestling in Oklahoma. I was kind of told from the get-go that this trial was supposed to start a week earlier. So I'd be uh, in okay shape to take this booking. Obviously, I was unable to. So I appreciate Mitch over there understanding. And instead of wrestling, I got to spend my day in the courtroom. <laughs> I, my body, I don't think I'm sick at all. But my body has all the symptoms of sickness. I, it feels, there's so many flu-like symptoms. And I know it's just, I've, and I've have, been having like nausea and side cramps. And I know it's just the, the pressure or the stress. I guess I don't know. Like I said, you know, my lawyer was telling me that that's what's going to come of all this. But um, just being every day going to this trial, waking up, I just get sick to my stomach going in and then walking into that courtroom I just feel gross. I feel so gross. And I've been popping Tylenol. You know, I never take, I'm not sitting on some, some straight edge kid, but I never take any kind of pain medicine, but I have to. Um, I feel just to like even it all out. So I went up on trial today. Before the trial, my lawyer, who you probably might have read, but he's such a ball buster and he's like even ball bustering to me. He's very vicious. And, um, he sat me down and he's like, I'm going to ask you these questions, you know, and he's, and I, holy fuck, he's grilling me. And I just start sweating through my shirt and he's laughing now. But then I, 20 minutes later, go up to the stand and I, my fucking shirt is drenched. So I don't, I don't know how good of an idea that was for him to do that to me because now the jury sees me with a drenched t-shirt, which, you know, you assume is sweat, which means nervousness. I, I mean, I don't know how they take it. I guess if I was on the fucking witness stand, I'd be drenched too, but. Uh, I go up and uh, we start we start doing it. You know, the pre-trial, these lawyers are asking me these questions and I'm answering like I'm on a podcast and, you know, there's no worries in the world. And then uh, when you go up there and you start answering the questions, the the other the other lawyer is objecting everything because, yeah, why should I like tell them why I love wrestling? So that's got put to a stop very quick. And the point of that was to show my personality um, and get these jury people to like me, I guess. And, you know, so I, I, the pre-things, it was good. You know, I, I, hopefully that came across here too. Um, they asked me what my job was. I said, comedian, kinda. That got a laugh. Punk's lawyer asked me to repeat a, a sentence of the evidence, and it, said, it was, but fuck him. And I go, he goes, can you read that? I go, you want me to read it out loud? He goes, yes. And I go, but fuck him. I <laughs> got a big laugh. So, uh, you know, I don't know what that means, but I, I can only think when the jury's laughing with you, they like you. You know, I guess it's like wrestling and it's like life, right? If you if you laugh with somebody. So uh, I'm testifying. I'm telling my story. Uh, as I'm doing this, a whole classroom of eighth grade children walk in. <laughs> and I'm just like, first of all, they just walk in as a field trip. But like the fate of my life here is being decided and these eighth graders are watching. And then I'm like, also, they just happen to walk in when it's like this big case about a WWE wrestling star. And I'm talking about wrestling. And so I think it's I, half of me thinks it's fascinating for them. And the other half is just like, oh, I wish it was just a, a quiet courtroom right now. But it's not. I mean, it was quiet, but it's just it was packed with eighth graders watching and being respectful. I answered questions to the best of my knowledge. 
my attorney asked me questions to the best of my knowledge. Uh, the doctors, you know, he tried to grill me. And I said what I knew and I said what I said. And, I, you know, I came back and I said, was that all right? And they're like, yeah, you were great. Great and or I got greats and I got goods and I got fines. Um, you know, I asked my lawyer, I'm like, well, what, what do they have? What will they be like? This is why you owe this guy a million dollars. He's like, nothing. So you just hope his thoughts are the same as the jurors. That's what I hope. But it's, to me, that seems the thing. Um, and then when Punk was up today, he didn't get cross-examined because that's when they grill you. You know, like when Eamon went up, his lawyer, he could answer the nice questions. And then our lawyers, he, asks, he starts asking questions. And that's when, you know, he starts kind of fumbling. So that will happen for Punk on Monday uh, after the weekends. But you know punk went up and he basically did a second podcast on the stand with with a lot of like evidence and so this jury hold the heard i mean this jury it's like the doctor in the beginning told the story of this guy never was hurt he was never injured and the doctor was just being a great old doctor and then this side you just hear like this crazy schedule that punk's on this vigorous schedule and he's in one town the next and and there's evidence and and text messages of him uh getting ice packs and his body hurt and doctors talking about him every single day and constantly being injured and just like you know i knew his life was bad but it's just this is like you really see it on paper of just i don't mean his life was bad but of the vigorousness of just how much he was going through and it wasn't ending and it wasn't ending and you see it you i feel like the jury is experiencing it and so that's why i question like i don't know why this doctor would bring this to the table knowing that this would all come out and they would like see this how much punk yeah i mean i don't know so he started crying today my lawyer who doesn't know punk you know he's just a dude He's like, is this real? And I go, yeah. He goes, how do you know? You know, I'm like, listen to this awful experience. And he's like, well, how come he didn't cry on the podcast? I go, because that was cathartic. He was getting it off his chest and he was happy to be done with it. So why is he crying now? Well, because now he's reliving this fucking awful experience on top of paying, you know, all this money for his lawyers and possibly, you know, losing a million or more to this doctor who... He, you know, allegedly treated him like shit. I don't know what I can say. Ugh, am I gonna have to put this through my lawyer now? And their lawyer put a stop to their lawyer put a stop to it quick. And the the judge said, "You gotta compose yourself, get it together." And I asked my lawyer, well, "Why, why did they stop it?" And he goes, "Because that's you don't. If you're a defending lawyer or whatever it is, well, he's not defending; he's the plaintiff. But you you don't want the jury to see that, you know, if it's real." It's not something you want them to see. So that's that's a lawyer tactic. And his other lawyer tactic has been to object to everything. And my it's fun, it's interesting to hear. My my lawyer is like I, he's like I don't object a lot. You got to be you got to be good with your objections because when you object, the jury just thinks that you're 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 hiding something. That's what my lawyer says. But this lawyer is objecting everything cuz my lawyer said that that he wants to stop the momentum of punk explaining the story because it's you know, it's intriguing or whatever. It's heartfelt, I guess. And he's trying to stop the momentum at all costs. So, again, it's the lawyer uh, human chess game is very fascinating and intriguing. They said Monday they'll finish up uh, 
the doctor's team will uh, will yell it at Punk for a bit, 45 minutes, and then I think Punk's wife's coming in and a massage therapist. And then Tuesday morning, they're going to do uh, closing arguments, and then Tuesday afternoon, the jury goes and decides. But also, tomorrow, I'm going to fly to New York and fly home in one day, which is what I do every week, but I think a lot of people thought it was crazy that I was doing that in the middle of this trial. And I was like, that's what I do. And like, as long as I get back, it's fine. They're like, yeah, of course. So I don't know if that's weird or not, but that's, I don't know. That's my life. That's what I know. I didn't, I didn't want to miss work. I didn't want to miss this show. So I'll, I'll be there. I'll be there. I'll be there Monday. We're closing soon. And I can't look more forward to it. And, and I'm, my body is still aching from straight up weird feelings about being in a court system with high stakes, at least in my mind. So I took a break in the court case, and uh, I'll take a break in this podcast right now because I do have a sponsor, and it's bluechew.com. Now, it's it's not like we're adding humor to the middle of this podcast. It's a very serious podcast, obviously, and I don't want to say ED is nothing to laugh at, right? But it's almost fitting that we're having this serious court case, and these guys bring up Mike Clitoris, and everyone kind of has a, a chuckle at it. And in the middle of this, I'm going to bring up BlueChew.com, which is the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. And I think it's actually the right thing to talk about. Um, let me. I'm going to admit something that I've never admitted before. I crank it, all right? <laughs> I think that's natural. We all kind of do that, hopefully. And as you hear in this podcast, my sex drive during this whole week has been zero, zero. I have had no desire to do anything. And so that's why I think, you know, Blue Chew is almost the right sponsor to come on for this one. Is that's what they do. That's what it does. And I was eating anything this week. My diet was off the plate. So now you're going to tell me that you're giving me chewables? I can just, I can eat them up? They are chewable. They work twice as fast as a pill. So I can be ready anytime, day or night. Blue Chew is prescribed online and ships straight to your door in a very discreet package. There's no more doctor visits. There's no waiting at the pharmacy. There's no more awkwardness. Blue Chew is made in the U.S. It's shipped directly. So they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we got a special deal for the Art of Wrestling listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use the promo code COLT. Just pay the $5 shipping. That's B-L-U-E-C-H-E-W.com, promo code Colt, and try it free. Blue Chew, the better, cheaper, faster choice. Sneaking in a Blue Chew ad, just like we're sneaking in a Mike Clitoris tweet in a fucking trial. Was that wild? That was a big head scratcher on uh, on the defendant's side. And I think uh, Mike Clitoris became a huge star in the world of uh, defamatory court cases. So me and my low sex drive, we we headed back to the court on Monday to kind of start wrapping stuff up. Today was the last day of the trial. Everyone put in all the evidence they could and talked to all the people they wanted to. Um, I mean, not much on my side. Just Punk was up there a bit, and then his wife was up there. There was a massage therapist. I think Punk was getting tripped up a little bit. The thing is, is that these lawyers will ask the questions to get to the answer they want. So if at like one time in the past you said like, I don't know, but like a million times you said something else, they'll be like, did you not say I don't know? And you have to be like, and then they'll read it back to you and they'll be like, did you, was that something you said? And you're like, yeah, I guess. And so then they're hung up on that. 
But after court today, they were going over jury instructions, which is where they tell the jury, this is how you decide this case. And each lawyer team has to agree on the jury instructions. So they have to come to a decision. And so it was weird because Punk and his main lawyer left, the doctor and his main lawyer left. And it was kind of like the leftover lawyers. And I was there with my lawyer because I don't have a side lawyer. I got one. And so they were all like fighting over the terms for the jury to know why, you know, anybody would be guilty or innocent or whatever the, the terms are. And um, that's like when it hit me. I, I was the most nauseous I've ever been. I, was, I felt the worst I've ever felt. And since I've gotten home now, I, I feel a little bit better. But I, I was at an all-time disgust mode, just feeling my whole body. Just It was the absolute worst. I think with the reality that this is, this is it. It's happening tomorrow. It's going to conclude tomorrow. Yeah, it was an awful feeling. I mean, I, my lawyer feels very confident. I feel very confident. But it's just like the reality that it's happening is, uh, is what made me feel like that. And um, I've had no desire to go to the gym. I've had no desire to do anything. I just come back home and uh, wait for tomorrow. And wait for tomorrow. And I'm, I guess I'm interested to see if I sleep at all. But this thing has made me so tired, though. I've been able to kind of get knocked out. But knowing what what's tomorrow, I, I wonder. So, uh, yeah, today was just a wrap-up. Tomorrow's the closing arguments in the morning, and then the jury will decide in the afternoon. And again, I don't think the jury's going to stay another day. I don't think it's going to happen Wednesday also. I think they want to get the fuck out of here. So I, I, I'm assuming that it'll be done tomorrow. And it was done the next day. I didn't get a chance to go home and uh, talk into my phone, but I did bring my little microphone to the court. And when my lawyer snuck away to go to the bathroom, I started talking to myself in front of uh, a lot of people. But that's probably normal at that courthouse. I'm now in the lobby of the Richard J. Daly Center. Uh, the case is over. The jury has gone into deliberation. There was final closings. Um, the doctor's lawyer took about an hour and a half. Punk's lawyer took about 45 minutes. Mine took eight minutes, I think, if that. <laughs> um, so, you know, I'm, I'm, confident, I'm confident in uh, my case. But their lawyer asked for $3.85 million per case. So that's times two and then also punitive damages. So it's about $40 million. They would like me to pay him $40 million. And... Uh, I don't know, that from a guy who brought this case up because he was so upset about all the tweets and anti-stuff against him. It's just amazing how much weird attention he's bringing towards himself, thinking that that will be in a positive light. Asking 40 million, or I might be wrong, 30 million, something like that. I don't know how, how it adds up. Um, but boy, did that hit me when I heard that. You know, you think to yourself, like, oh, 
I mean, I you know I feel positive about my case, but it's just like uh, if it if it if it goes his way, it's like oh I owe, I did a fucking stupid podcast, and now because of that, because I do a podcast, I'm gonna owe a man, I mean more money than I'll ever make in my lifetime, obviously. So it's uh, I mean I guess we'll see how much it affects me, but it obviously affects me. Because that's what I'm talking about right now. So, um, I, we got a couple hours. It's like 1.30. And uh, I, I'm going to assume that the jury will want to be done today. So, if 5 or 6 o'clock. So, you know, maybe 2, 3, 4, 5 hours. 4 and a half hours. And uh, I'll keep you updated. Okay, so the trial is done. And I'm here with my lawyer. Carrie Stein. Carrie, what was the verdict? The verdict was in your favor uh, and against Dr. Raymond. Okay, so what what was the whole what was what was this trial? I guess what 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 was just I don't know. What was the basis of it? The basis of the trial was that you published statements that uh, Punk made that were believed to be defamatory that were, in fact, not defamatory, at least as far as the jury was concerned. And that was pretty much it. Um, The jury found unanimously that nothing that uh, Punk said during that podcast uh, was defamatory or injured Dr. Raymond in any way, and that you had no reason to believe that anything that Punk said during the podcast was false. And therefore... uh, your publishing what Punk said uh, did not constitute defamation or injured uh, Dr. Amon in any way. And how many, I'd say, how long have you been doing this or how many cases have you had or trials? I, I can't, I've been doing it for about 45 years. I cannot tell you how many trials I've had, but I've had a number of trials. And so my question would be like, what? Did anything stick out about this one that was different than all those over the over 45 years? The, the one that's the thing that struck me the most different was the length of the trial compared to the amount of time it took the jury to reach a verdict. In, in my 45 years, I have never experienced a jury reaching a verdict in a trial that lasted uh, a week over a week in this short a period of time and so in lawyer talk what does in lawyer talk what is a a small amount of time of a verdict like what does that usually mean to you guys well in in this case the jury was out we we rested and the jury was out about two hours before we got a verdict and i figured the first hour they were eating lunch and the next hour they were just going through the 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 forms and Based on my understanding of what the jurors said afterwards, uh, at the very outset, uh, they were never going to find against you based on the evidence, if any, that was presented during this trial. And my view was that there was no evidence of any misconduct on your part at all presented during the course of the trial, nor was there any misconduct on your part at all during the course of publishing that podcast. And yeah, I think that was one of the main things that I took away because I didn't know you're supposed to, 
you're supposed to shake the hands with the jury and like talk to them afterwards. And the one big thing that came up to me was like, I can't believe you were a part of this. We, I interviewed, I talked to every juror and every juror said the same thing. And they said at the outset that nobody at the outset thought that you were culpable in any way. I mean, it was a, just a no brainer as far as you were concerned. Uh, a no brainer. So now I can't plug you to do other people's trials because this is it. I retired you. No, but I do have a partner, Gary Ashman, who I have to tell you is at least as good as I am, if not better. And uh, uh, I would recommend highly anyone who has a problem, who needs a lawyer, you contact Gary Ashman at Ashman and Stein, and I'm sure he'll do a great job for you. Gary, you saved my life. I'm forever grateful and in your debt. I love doing it. Best to you. Good luck in the future. Thanks, buddy. Thanks. Come here, Care. Thank you so much. All right. We'll see. We're going to see you Father's Day? Yeah, I'll be home. And last but not least, my mom wanted to check in. And uh, you'll hear all her thoughts right after these plugs and... Upcoming events! All right, the best way that you can support ColtMerch.com, DigitalColt.com, Twitter and Instagram, at ColtCabana, Facebook slash AOW Podcast, also slash ColtCabana, my storytelling podcast, Pro Wrestling Fringe, plus past archives of this show, all the way back to the very beginning. They're ad-free on StitcherPremium.com slash Colt. Use the code Colt. Get a free month. ColtWrestling at gmail.com is my very public email. Maybe a promoter want to put me on your upcoming show or convention. I have a YouTube channel. I also have a website, ColtCabana.com. You can send me something fun on the P.O. Box. Also, each week I will be sending a DDT signed autograph ticket to one person who rates and reviews five stars on iTunes. Upcoming Friday, June 8th, Rahway, New Jersey, WrestlePROonline.com. Saturday, June 9th, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, ChikaraPro.com. June 15th, 16th, 29th, and 30th, Dallas, San Antonio, Baltimore, and Fairfax, Virginia. I'll be doing commentary for ROHWrestling.com. Saturday, June 23rd, Marinette Park, Illinois, AAWrestling.com. Sunday, June 24th, Melrose, Mass, Facebook slash Beyond Wrestling. Saturday, July 7th, Dublin, Ireland, OTTWrestling.com. Sunday, July 8th, London, England, RevolutionProWrestling.com. Saturday, July 14th, Los Angeles, California, Facebook slash Bar Wrestling LA. And August 3rd through the 26th, I'll be at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, EdFringe.com, to reserve tickets. Also, I'm doing some local shows as long as I can get back from my show at 11 o'clock every single night. Intro music by the Ukulele Teacher on YouTube. Outro by Super Fun Yeah Yeah Rocket Ship. Podcast cover art and design by Jimmy Lee. Photo by James Musselwhite. Thanks to Carrie Stein, the Jewish Bulldog, for coming on the show this week. Sponsors, HighSpots.com, a VOD service. You can watch me, Marty, Trent, and Chuck talk about our private parts. They also have AMA knee pads, gear, mask, wrestling ring. One-hour tees, they help run ProWrestlingCrate.com. They help run ProWrestlingTees.com. Support your favorite independent wrestler directly. And every week, hashtag AskCabanaMom. That's where you can just tweet me, at Colt Cabana, with the hashtag AskCabanaMom. Ask her anything about wrestling. This week, I guess it was from me. I, I just asked her what she thought of her son after this whole debacle. Hello, it's Mama Cabana from her studio apartment in Chicago, Illinois. What a relief to know that this trial is over. To know that your son had to go buy a suit and shirts and ties to appear in court to get himself through this trial. It is such a relief 
to know that it is over. I've listened to that podcast. Of course I did. I listened to all his podcasts, or about 95% of them, to be perfectly honest. And I thought it was great. The lawyer, who happens to be a friend, we knew he would win the case. He is um, straightforward, gets to the point. So, yes, Papa Cabana, Mama Cabana, we're all relieved to know the outcome. We're happy for all of Cabana's wrestling fans out there who have supported him through all of this. Uh, for his family and friends who have supported him also. See you next week. Thanks. Thank you, Mom. Thank you for your support. Thank you, Dad. And you're right. Thanks to friends and family, including Carrie Stein, for uh, taking up this case for me and helping out. All right, this has been The Art of Wrestling. For Cole Cabana, I'm Cole Cabana. Thank you very much. All right, thanks. Thanks.